Johnny Griffin and this Porsche Franklin. Yeah, yeah, Vanna White, Porsche Franklin. Hey, how you doing? I am Levi Johnny Griffin, host of Word Today, and this is my lovely co-host. Portia Franklin. Who is really upset because I ate her potato chips five seconds ago. Yeah. She was oh, don't all. bring that up, so, okay? <laughs> I'm, right I'm a witness. So, so, so I'm just putting that out there <laughs> to the world right now. So, oh so today we have an amazing special oh. guest. And our very first senior pastor series of Word Today, where we're going to be bringing in senior pastors from across the city, across the region, and possibly across the nation. <coughs> pastor Emerson Allen, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Thank, thank you for coming and being on the show. What you guys don't know is we were shooting at 16 minutes into shooting, everything crashed. So this is actually the first time you're seeing it, but the second time we're doing it. So we're going to make it twice as good for you. Amen. So I just want to give Pastor an opportunity just to talk about himself. Uh, talk about his church, and then we're going to dive into some hard topics for the second time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I'm pastor of Tri Ministry Worship Center at mm -hmm. Hampton Inn in 35. Uh, we've been there a year and a half, and prior to that, I was pastor of Northeast Community United Methodist Church for 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I was the first new church startup in the Southwest Texas Conference, African American. Uh -huh. Start up in the Southwest Texas Conference in over 35 years. Mm -hmm. So, great opportunity, learned a lot, and God is leading us into a different direction. So, we're excited about where we're headed. Okay, fantastic. So, for the second time, we're just going to jump right yes. into this. Yes, okay. So, we were, man, we were we were really going, and we were into some really, really good. great, great stuff. Right, Porsche? Mm -hmm. She's dreaming about potato chips. I'm putting a potato chip. <laughs> hey, hey, we're going to leave that alone right now. We're going to leave that alone. In the fire edit. In the editing times, potato chip floating over her head. Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, actually, let's start with the Me Too movement. Okay. Okay. Um, because we have uh, <coughs> Porsche here. You might want to, I don't know if you're in a shot, you might want to scoot over closer this way. Um, Come on, bite. I'm talking okay. much. Um, <laughs> him biting or me biting him? Yeah, she's, she doesn't even well, want yeah, to be really. close to me because of the potato chips. It was, it was serious. Women, that's a whole nother topic. She, she almost lost her anointing over them chips. Um, so the Me Too movement. Yes. Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said I wasn't going to say any, any names, and but, you did, but there's uh, okay. uh, certain issues out there. I mean, right. and we're real. That's just the show is real. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, certain musical artists out there that, you know, that, you know, be careful if you drink water around yeah. them. Right. Um, so with all of this stuff going on, where where is the world headed? Where is women's equality headed? Mm. And what is God's stance on it all? Okay, he changed up on me a little bit there. Um, but in the Me Too movement, my, my personal opinion is, as I said earlier, that um, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. And throughout scripture, we can see where women were uh, uh, in leadership roles, uh, important in the ministry mm -hmm. throughout, from Genesis on. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, um, as Satan and his minions have overtaken earth, of course, we live in a sinful society. And even in the Bible, you can see some uh, diminishing of women's roles. But Jesus turned all that around. He came back to correct all of all of that. Um, the Me Too movement, uh, like I said, I would go back to women's rights here in this country that has improved just now we're getting you're getting the right to vote just now women are just starting to come into their own in politics as we've seen with the uh, congress the new congress and i believe that um just the mentality of of in here in america is adjusting in a good way to what toward what God intended. And as I said earlier, I know some people might get mad at me for saying this, but um, Adam and Eve, when God made Adam, he said, this is not good. He's alone. He needs a helpmate. Not someone he can dominate, but a helpmate. And uh, 
I would go even so far as when you read the scriptures, study the scriptures, and you see that in the hour of temptation where Eve was presented the fruit, we say apple, but we don't know really what it was, the fruit, she ate of it, and then it says she gave it to Adam, who was with her. Yet she was the one speaking to the devil. Mm -hmm. So in that particular instance, she was leading. Not only that, when God came down and um, he questioned Adam, Adam's first words were, that woman that you gave me. Mm-hmm. In other words, this leadership that you provided for me, she is the one, the reason I did this. So uh, God goes on throughout and says, now you're going to be under the curse. Well, woman's going to be under man, and man's going to dominate, and she's going to be underneath him, and man's going to have to work by the sweat of his brow and, and what have you. Uh, Jesus' death on the cross cleaned all that up. He, Jesus died for us and he died for Adam and Eve. So you have a choice to live under the curse or the blessing. And we are coming into our own to where we are starting to live under the blessing through a Me Too uh, movement. <clears throat> well, I don't we. Think that was a blessing being delivered right there. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Under the Me Too movement, which uh, uh, prioritizing and um, putting women on the. On the I, should, I guess I can use the, on the pedestal where they belong mm-hmm. as an equal. We're sitting on the pedestal there. So let me, let me ask you this. So you're saying women are on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. If women are on the pedestal, where are men? On the pedestal, too, right by them. Okay. So now, that's an equal thing. Okay, so I, I like that. He's he, like, let me get, let me get out of there. Let me clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, off camera, we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, women in ministry, women preaching, <laughs> women. Yes. Um, and I grew up Southern Baptist. I believe you may have yes. grown up Southern Baptist. Yes. And growing up Southern Baptist, you didn't see a woman in no. the pulpit. No, that was taboo. Um, it wasn't until recently, like my honors minister, mm-hmm. we have female ministers, Southern Baptist now. And I know, and this is Louisiana, I know in Baton Rouge now here in San Antonio, where we're filming this, taping this now, mm-hmm. I think one of the first women from a specific Southern Baptist, uh, mm-hmm. not congregation, mm-hmm. but uh, organization was ordained not even two, three mm-hmm. weeks ago. So, just quick, tell me about women in ministry, the progression of women in ministry, and the progression yes. of women in the church. Well, if we, and I'll say it like I said, somebody might get upset, but stop reading the Bible and start studying. Studying the Bible, studying history, mm-hmm. cultures, and then you'll understand. In the scriptures where that we talked about earlier, uh, Moses and his sister, mm-hmm. She was in charge of the women. Yeah. In charge of the women. So she had to teach them the word and what have you. So we had women in ministry from there on through uh, Anna, who uh, foretold of, of Jesus. If you go and study the book of Luke, you see that she preached. And of course, in the book of Judges, Deborah was super leader mm-hmm. of the Israel people. So throughout the scriptures, women have held a intricate uh, role in the in the gospel and the word of God. And the one little slither that people go into where it says Paul said he forbid women to teach, but he was speaking to a specific congregation with a specific problem. Mm-hmm. And he was just saying, look, y'all got so many women, uh, we can't all talk at the same time. Just when you, let your husband explain to you when you get home. That way, you know, we won't have all this this confusion. So, um, and men have run with that to to use that as a way to diminish the women's role in the church. But I believe that God made Adam, Eve, that he made them equal mm-hmm. based on the studying the actual scripture themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm huge in the saying, um, you know, someone asked me, what's my opinion on uh, you know, political correctness. What's my opinion on uh, politics in general? What's mm-hmm. my opinion on uh, female rights? Uh, you know, rights of minorities. 
and I always say I don't have an opinion on any of that stuff. Let's see what the word of God says. Right. Um, and just to kind of elaborate um, on what you're saying, I couldn't agree more in the sense that God definitely created women in a position of power. Yes. Uh, we see one of the very first prophets of Israel was Miriam, Moses' sister. Mm-hmm. We see one of the most powerful leaders of Israel was Deborah, mm-hmm. um, so much so that other men didn't want to go to war without her being right. present. Exactly. Right? They wanted to follow her. And she said, hey, man, I'm going to get the credit for this. Right, exactly. Um, if I go with you, um, and of course we see even Eve, which is not such a great example of a uh, great example of women leadership, but not such a great situation. <laughs> um, right. But where Eve was the one that negotiated the deal, exactly. per se, with, with Satan and, mm-hmm. and led Adam to, to, to eat the apple. So on that similar vein, let's talk about violence. You know, we have the Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. With cops, they have Blue Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago is a war zone. Exactly. Let's talk. Where is God in Chicago? Where's God in Chicago? Wow. I mean, with with violence just skyrocketing. So, you know, Tim Keller answers this question very, very well. And he says, because people, he has a book, you know, and then of course, C.S. Lewis answers it even before him. um, And his books on pain and suffering. You know, uh, in the generation where we see so much pain and suffering, where is God in the in the bigger picture? Um, and Tim Keller proposes the question. He has a great talk for anyone that is out there watching. Um, just Google, just go on YouTube and just watch any Tim Keller material. I think he is phenomenal. Um, you can watch his talk at Google, which is absolutely amazing, or any of his talks on pain and suffering. Uh, and he has a couple different questions. He's, he says, for one, how do we know that you know kind of god isn't orchestrating this for some bigger picture um our finite minds look at just the 80 years we're here on the planet mm-hmm. but he has to look at the next 80 billion right and the generation after generation generation but um but i'd love to see what your take is on violence black lives matter blue lives matter and god okay. overarching all of it and i noticed a big i just handed you a steak to eat yeah that all lives matter. First of all, we we have to understand that uh, that uh, as I said earlier, one of the little girls and I play that we're in, we're having a race discussion, and I asked her, "Well, is your blood green?" And she said, "No, it's red." And I said, "Wow, mine is too." And if you take away the complexion of the skin, we're all the same. We're all the same. We've adapted to different environments and what have you, but we're all the same. Um, um, here in the United States, wow, I can just go into such in-depth in why we are the way we are. A lot of it has to do with the history of slavery. Well, we were brought over here, and so a typical man on in the farm might have 500, I'm just giving a number, maybe 500 and these, only them. So they had to control these people. So the way you control, and this is being done right now, divide and conquer, mm-hmm. divide and conquer. So first of all, they moved people out that spoke the same language because a lot of the tribes spoke different language and they mixed them all up so they couldn't communicate. They renamed them, gave them a different name. They had to sub- submit them and make them be submissive. And after one generation of rebellion, after the next generation, it was something totally different. Mm. So um, you had the house uh, slave and you had the field slaves and they would kind of pit them against one another. Go Go in there and see what's going on and I'm gonna treat you better if you tell. So we've been taught to be divided. Now, I'm going to tell you there's some history that needs that needs to be studied. Um, there's this idea that we're somehow uh, inferior because we haven't achieved certain things. But if you go back to 1927 and Black um, Wall Street and what happened in that time where we were, had a thriving community right in the Midwest, right there in 1927, I think it was, right before the crash. 
We had a thriving community, um, 50 blocks, thousands of, of blacks that were thriving. And and what happened was one little incident and then everybody got issued gun. All the white people came in, they killed a whole bunch of folk, burned up the whole thing, just tore it all down. And if you go back and study that, had that not happened in 1927, remember 1929 was a crash, we would have been at an advantage because that community was about that community. They had their own banks, their own entertainment, and all that right there. So now you would have had old money. So we were held back at that particular point in time. Integration, I'm a, I'm a product of integration. When I, in the ninth grade in the 60s, when we integrated, we had, our school was the Tigers, we went to the white school and we became the Bulldogs. Okay, our color was blue and gold. No, it's red and white now. Our school song was this, and so it wasn't really an integration per se where you got equal, we're bringing in, we're bringing our history and contributing. It's like, you need to assimilate, we're gonna show you how to be like us. So again, you created friction the community started dying because now you're out of your community and all the old black communities are not there because we're dispersed. Mm -hmm. All the great talents were brought into certain schools and now you don't relate back to your brother back in, in back in the ghetto. So, you know, there's that all this division that happened. And the, I always liken the game of Monopoly. If you buy that cheap property on Monopoly, you're going to lose, <laughs> right? As long as African-Americans have to be in this condition, that's all they see. And the, that brings to the uh, program that I'm uh, uh, turning the um, tutoring tutorial program. And the basic premise is I can be whatever I see. So I try to put in front of the you know kids successful, not just football players, basketball players, and uh, singers, because that's why they all want to be that. Mm -hmm. That's all they see. But then you see doctors, lawyers, uh, engineers, mm -hmm. expose them to the rest of the Monopoly board so they can start to win. So <clears throat> your church has several programs we've kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and I even mentioned getting involved in some of your programs. Yes. You get involved in some of my programs. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's working together to grow some of this stuff, this community outreach stuff, which is one of, of mine, Porsche's huge passions. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about some of the programs your church does well, we, to benefit the community. And you said you have this program where you're working with youngsters to get them. Um, My phone is <laughs> doing this thing. Sorry, y'all. Uh, where you're working with youngsters to get them in front it, of expose them expose them to successful people outside of those that work with a basketball football or vocal talent right, right. Um, but you have other programs as well well here's here's my my take on on what what God has called me to do uh, he's called me to minister mm -hmm. and there's a difference between ministering and just having a church mm -hmm. yeah I don't want to do church. I don't want to do religion. I want to do ministry. Amen. When ministry by, that Jesus did, he healed the sick, made the blind to see, made the lame to walk. And we got people in those conditions spiritually, mm -hmm. psychologically, that are blind. Psychologically, they just can't even get up off their couch because they're not motivated. So ministry and healing to me is attacking all the different aspects. Now we do support um, um, mercy ship, where we send money to to this, where they go to the continent, African continent mm -hmm. and do surgery. That's our outreach ministry. But we have people right here in, the, in this area right here that need to be ministered to and given hope. You know, I've seen that as I, I had the opportunity to be principal for a day one of the, one of the elementary schools and I saw so much in one day. You know, you look in those eyes of the poor kids that don't, you don't see hope. 
You don't see hope and you don't have anybody to be an example. Children are going to be products of, a lot of them are just products of their environment. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, you know, people, a lot of people worry about the police killing our kids, but 97% of the, the murders that happen is black on black crime. You know, because we are so devalued in some people's eyes that we devalue ourselves. Really do. And I, the reason I know that mm -hmm. is growing up in, the, again, in the 60s and mm -hmm. we'd be in history class and they'd be showing things. And I bring my ebony and go, look, we did this and that, you know, trying to find the show that we've done stuff. And they, the, the kids would laugh at me, you know. And uh, when I was 45 years old, I'm telling my age now, when I was 45 years old, I sit down and I saw a movie called Tuskegee Airmen. Mm -hmm. And I, I cried, I cried like a baby, I boohoo, because I never knew that story. I never knew black men were that intricate in World mm -hmm. War II. And not only did they fly plane, they flew it better than anybody else. And that's a source of pride. And so when you see that, you know, hey, if my daddy can do it, I can do it. If others can do it, they look like me. And that's where we need to mm -hmm. just expose our kids to the truth. Yep. Not only ourselves, but let people of non-color, so they have, you know, if I think you ain't did nothing, why should I respect you? Why don't you go back to Africa? They have that attitude because they don't know. Mm -hmm. They operate out of ignorance. So that's why history should be taught in school, not just from an Anglo standpoint of European history and all, but what we've done and what we've accomplished, which is a lot here in this in this country. Uh, one last thing, I, and I, if people haven't seen uh, the, um, the three women, what's the name of the movie? Yes. Uh, um, oh, oh, oh! If they have not seen the movie. And we got to come up with the name movie. You're so talking about where they worked in the oh, room. I love, they, I love well, them. In, in the, I love in the, um, yeah. um, it'll come to us. And, and the lady got just received a, a medal from Obama mm -hmm. and they were intricate in getting the man on the moon. They actually did not want oh, to even, you. didn't want to even, uh, I think John Glenn, whoever it was said, Hey, I need to talk to this, to that lady. African-American because she was a genius mm -hmm. with math before I get on this. And so they were intricate, but we never learned that in the school, how intricate our people has been. And when you see somebody else do it and they look like you, I can do that too. That's why they want to be football players, basketball players. Mm -hmm. And not only black kids look up to those guys, black kids, white kids, Hispanic kids, love the Spurs, love the at LeBron James and Hidden and figures. Hidden figures. I ain't even have to look to it up. <laughs> As I was about to type it in, I was about to type in hidden figures. I said, oh, that's the movie. <laughs> but that's a good example yes. of giving us pride in who we are. To mm -hmm. know that we can do as I say every Sunday, I can do all things mm -hmm. through Christ who strengthens you through the word. It was strengthened let you know who you are. Mm -hmm. Know where where the roots of Africa where our, our faith comes out of that continent. And I can even say for a young black woman, I'm very happy and joyful that natural hair, I guess, is coming I love back. It. I love and it. it's actually looking as a something, it's looked at as beautiful. We're actually starting to accept our natural hair as beauty and our melanin, our melanin skin. Beautiful. And I'm just, because I used to work in a hair store and I used to get very sad when older women would come in there and they would go. We had a certain section for bleach uh, lightning creams and I never wanted anybody to go in that why section. I almost wanted to kind of hide them, but I couldn't. And I was like, why is this section here? And of course it would be where black women come to shop. And I would just get so sad when I'd be at the register and a black woman would bring me some lightning cream. I almost, I would just look at it like, why? I almost want to be like, you don't want to get this. Let me just put this to the side. Or I'm just like, why are you buying? I just, I ring it up. I'll be mm. kind of, I'm just like, why? Why? Oh, programming. Now, were they lighter? No, they were dark skinned. So apparently or it brown. It, it didn't work, <laughs> but it was just. It was like, the idea. Well, it, it, it's it, just. 
the fact that you and then it's like you're an older woman i'm supposed to look up to you i'm a young woman you know accepting my brown skin and you're an older woman and you're buying lightning cream well i think the older woman had it a little harder than we did though um, well, for yeah. for the color of their skin and so i it's think that mentality I think, I think they had to they kind of paved the way for you to be able to be appreciative of your hair and your skin so i wouldn't i wouldn't condemn them for it but it does show the mindset right um that you know being lighter skin is is better it, one thing that made me sad and 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 we'll get back on topic here but um since we mentioned like skin whitening creams mm-hmm. and stuff like that i there was a special that I saw on TV. I think it was Jamaica. And they were heavy in the bleaching. And they were lightening them skin. But the, the stuff they can get over there is much, much harsher. Mm. Um, and the lengths that they were going through. And I remember watching this, and this years and years and years ago. And just like, man, you know, that shows such a corrosive place in your soul that mm. you can't be happy with what you see in the mirror. Um, and of course, the Jamaicans were, you know, enslaved Many just like yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. America was. Um, and maybe four years ago, right here in San Antonio, I worked with a girl who talked about she put bleach in her bath water and she wouldn't wash her children, mm. her babies, her son. By putting bleach in his bath water, they didn't, she didn't want him to have that dark skin. Um, and she was, she was actually like, you know, uh, what we would call high yellow. High she yellow. was lighter skin, um, so she wasn't even a dark skin. And trying to get lighter, trying to get lighter, yeah. even lighter. And uh, so, it definitely showed goes in line with what you're saying yeah. um, with the community service. And I agree with you when you say. You know, it's great to have church. I've I've been blessed to speak in buildings Mm -hmm. and I love it. And I think we as a body of believers, we need the fivefold ministry, Mm -hmm. prophets, evangelists, teachers, apostles, and Mm -hmm. pastors, because they do edify the body. Right. Um, But you could probably count on one hand how many times Jesus spoke in the temple. He was out with the people. Right. 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 So I believe that even, you know, this is a Christian channel and we're talking about Christianity I think a huge part of Christianity that may be fading away is the part where we go outside the church and actually do something. Um, so oh my I God, I, I, I'm brought go to ahead. tears when, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that brings me to tears because it's like, it seems that people don't really want to minister. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the programs that, that I'm trying to put together, 1100, uh, has endorsed this program that I'm trying to, and it's called the defining word. And one of the first defining words that, that I'm going to do is the word church. The word church means a body of believers. Thank you. Not a building. <laughs> Thank you. But the Thank people. You. Ecclesia. Yes. And I, well, that's a whole different, different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. When you use that, that's getting into the Greek and that's getting into the political part of the body of believers. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that Paul spoke of when they brought, he brought the church into Rome, the Ecclesia, which means church as well, but it's in Greek, but it's more in line with uh, the political field. Because back then, religion was part of the politics of that of the regions, mm-hmm. the different regions. So And so church, when Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He wasn't talking about building a building. He was talking about building a of believers and the word rock, Petro and Petra, little rock, a pebble, and big rock. He called Peter, well, nicknamed him Simon, Peter, a P- Petra, Petra, Petra yeah. which rock. means small rock. Yeah. So upon that small rock, what he believed was that Jesus was the son of the living God. He said, upon this rock, I will build my body of believers. So when we we need to stop going to church and start being the church. That means on Sunday morning, you can't leave. I'm leaving the church. No, you're going home to be the church. Mm-hmm. So ministry, and it's frustrating for me because I'm, I keep trying to align myself, not with people that want to be have a church, but people that want to actually minister, actually do something to 
the word of God, I, I know, and I, don't, I ain't going to say I, just, I think, I know the word of God covers every aspect of life from your uh, finances to your health throughout the scriptures. Any, you know, the great book, um, a lot of people remember um, um, The Power of Positive Thinking. Man made millions of dollars. Proverbs. Hmm. So a man thinketh, <laughs> so is he. Mm -hmm. The power of positive thinking. Change that computer. Make it adjusted. Uh, and it goes to my constant telling the people, you need to stop. Don't like yourself. If you like yourself, you're in trouble. If you love yourself, you, you're good. Because if you love yourself, you're not going to like who you are and you're going to come continually try to improve who you are. Mm -hmm. You're a filthy rag saved by grace alone and we all have room to grow and I, I'm growing and you have to continue to grow and change. No, I don't like and, you know, it's things about myself I don't like. So I'm going to keep improving. Why? Because I love myself. Mm -hmm. And if you can't love, I can't love you until I love me. Mm -hmm. and so anyway, that's all right, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears. Shift. I'm a <laughs> want to switch over to relationships and marriages. Okay. And, um, I had the duty of, of doing marriage counseling for years mm -hmm. in one of the local churches, and um, you see a little bit of everything mm -hmm. uh, when they close those doors. Um, I've seen some interesting cases. Uh, and, I, and I won't give a few examples because I don't want to, mm, you know, I, I'm either. afraid that if I even <laughs> give an example, people might see Say, oh, I know who he's talking about. Uh, yeah. Or the couple would know that, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but what would you give? Because you've been married 19 years, I think you said. Yeah, here now. Um, 18. 18. So, you, the average marriage is probably a year, two, three years. So, three. at, at year 18 mm -hmm. you kind of conquered the, the, the three year uh, gap the five year gap and the seven year itch yeah. so you you you've passed all of the big mile markers right. of marriage yeah. at 18 years okay what would you give the single mm -hmm. the newlyweds and the couples that are kind of going through so the singles that are looking for mr and mrs right the newlyweds okay. just getting married and the couples that might be hitting a little patch, rough patch. Start with the single. The single, here's what you need to do. Focus on you. Be the best that you can be. Hmm. Focus on growing yourself mentally. Become a whole person. As we talked earlier, one plus one is two. One plus and a half is united. No. I don't need my wife to make me whole. I was a whole person when I met her. Mm -hmm. She didn't need me to make her whole. So we have more when we come together as equals. Mm -hmm. One plus one. So focus on you. And God will present you with that opportunity. A lot of young women that say, well, you know, pastor, blah, blah. I say, you know what? With the, the way you think now, if the right one came up, you wouldn't even recognize. You wouldn't want him. Well, he's my friend. Uh, he's boring, uh, you know, because you don't have that. The um, you're looking at the outside too much. Of course, you want to not attractive someone you're attracted to. You ain't gonna talk to me. You're not attracted to. However, the importance is what's on the inside. How they think, where they headed. Are you equally yoked mm -hmm. with that person? So that's what I say to the. Single, focus on making yourself so that when God presents you with that gift, you're ready to receive it. You know, I don't need somebody to, well, you know, when I get to the right one, then, no. You are, prepare yourself. It's, it's an old football analogy. My brother taught me how to play football. He taught me how to catch a ball. And what he told me was, you got to be prepared to catch the ball. <laughs> Position yourself, get ready, and then you can receive it. Mm -hmm. If you're not prepared, you know, the ball can be perfectly thrown, as we saw mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, and uh, it goes because you're focusing. He reason he missed the ball because he saw the perfect building, this linebacker getting ready to nail him, mm -hmm. and he broke his concentration. So you will, you have to be prepared to receive that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and I then you know then it works out. Not, by the way, the Saints yes. should have made the Super Bowl uh, this year. Um, well, they discussing. The you know Saints what they discussing? Had a ram in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not gonna talk about how how the enemy. You know, <laughs> they got a You only got the lawsuit going on right now. <laughs> Seriously, they have a lawsuit oh, going on. They're trying to make them replay the last part of that game. Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, a provision that Goodell can do it. So there's a lawsuit to get them, try to get them to play that last minute and 49 seconds with that penalty. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's mm-hmm. football, y'all. So we mm-hmm. got up the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but there's life lessons in everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the message for the singles. And it's funny, singles. we were doing, Portia mm-hmm. and I were doing devotion or um, last night, I think. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about when... Adam and Eve, and, and mm-hmm. it's relevant to what you were talking about earlier, they take the fruit uh, and then they realize that they were naked. And sin, we know, means the same thing anoint does. It means you, you're separated, right? Anointed to separate you, like you're anointed with oil, means to smear oil on you for the purpose of separating you to be the king, separating you to be the priest, mm-hmm. where sin separates you from God, separates you from his glory, exactly. separates you from his presence. So it's funny that sin and anoint ultimately mean the same mm-hmm. things just which which side you being separated oh, right, from, right 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 um and that when they were separated from god they were separated mind body and soul mm. um that soul they had to manifest the breath of god which means they were connected right um and that was severed and you see it when god says where are you it's not like god lost him he's saying we had the same mind the same thought process he was Jesus. Remember, Jesus was mm-hmm. like the second Adam. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't do my stuff. I do God's stuff. It's mean, you have the same mind. So God calls out to him, where are you? Like, where's your mind? What were you thinking to eat that? Exactly. Where, were you? where is your soul? We were one spirit. Now we broke it. Right. And then look at your body. Where's your body? It's because it's instantly going to decay and die. Mm-hmm. So where are you? What did you do? Right. So when you tell singles that they need to work on themselves, I think it's that mind, body, soul. Exactly. Make sure your mind is focused on Christ. Make sure your soul is connected and make sure your body, you know, and you want everybody, like you said, want somebody attractive. So maybe put down a donut and jog around the block. Hey, (laughs) we don't win in the church. We don't ever want to look at the physical aspect of it. But none of us want to date somebody ugly, right? But that's the that's the reality of life is that you see exactly and and wow. So not being superficial, but put down a donut and jog around the block would help you, and it help you be around there for your kids and your grandkids. Exactly. And and what does what does uh, um, that present your bodies a living sacrifice? Mm -hmm. And you know that's part of my tribe ministry, where God first of all is talking about your physical body. Mm -hmm. Why do we know that? Because that's what Jesus did. He came out, he went out and ministered, healed the sick, made the blind see. He was worried about your physical body. Then he's he's concerned about your spirit, mm-hmm. your spiritual body, what you believe in your heart and, and your relationship with God. And then lastly, he's concerned about the church body, the body of believers. You know, there's always bodies of believers and from the beginning all the way to Revelation, different people that have come together, forsaking not the gathering, where two or three uh, that he dwell in the midst where there's two or three are gathered, that will I dwell in the midst thereof. You know, he he wants us to want love one another. How can you say you love me who you've not seen when you didn't love your brother? Mm-hmm. So he's concerned about the church, a body of believers. So those are the three bodies mm-hmm. that we should focus on. Uh, when I first got called into the ministry, the first thing I needed to do was get my health together. I had to get some glasses so I could see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to my physical, oh, well, I need to get this and that and that so that I can be, stand in the pulpit so I can have the physical stamina to do the things that God. So I worked on my physical body. That was part of it. I studied his word, worked on my spiritual body. And then I was dedicated to my church body. And those are the three bodies that, that I think we have to work on as as Christians are being Christ-like. And I, mm-hmm. I also agree when you were talking about loving yourself, because I think when you love yourself, you're going to take care of yourself. Exactly. And, and not just looking good physically, but when you feel good inside, it helps your outer features. Absolutely. Like somebody that's joyful and happy, they're glowing, you know? Like they just have a exuberance about them that's just unreal, and it attracts people it to does. them just because Absolutely. of that. 
And, and it's I've like seen when you have evil, a yeah, when beautiful you have a nasty, people and you go, ugly oh. spirit and a real person is gonna mm-hmm. see that and be like, bye, like That's, get out of here with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I completely agree. Yeah, I passed on a few ratchets myself. <laughs> um, so the okay. newlyweds, what do you what yeah. do you what do you tell the newlywedded couple? Well, the newlyweds one of the things when I when I do the uh uh, there's two things I do with each couple that I counsel with. Mm-hmm. First question I ask is, when is she going to be your wife? When is it going to be your husband? And I wait for the answer. Is it when you say I do? Mm-hmm. Is it when, when they sign the like papers? That. And when I tell them, you have to, that's got to, if that's your wife, you got to name it and claim it in the name of Jesus. Now, that's my, uh, my that's where it was my wife. That's my wife. And I knew it, so I didn't need to sign a piece of paper. Because if you sign, if you think just sign a piece of paper make you married, you can sign another piece of paper and say, now you're not. So it has to be a spiritual and a psychological commitment before. That's number one. That's got to be your husband or your wife right now. Well, we haven't gone to the courthouse. Courthouse ain't got nothing to do with that. That's a connection that God made. So that's the first thing. The second thing, you got to take the D word, I don't even like to even say it, off the table. If that's an option, when things get really rough, and it does get tough, first thing, well, I'll just get me a new one. Not divorce. Something wrong with her. Get another one. That one's broken too. I went through that. I went through that. Then I finally figured out, well, they all broke. <laughs> and so am I. So you work through your issues. If you take the D word. Now, we ain't getting a, the D thing. That's off the table. We're going to mm-hmm. figure this. And you'll work it out. You know, you know the script says, weeping may endure for a night, mm-hmm. for a season. But joy comes in the morning. So you, you'll get through that joy. And you'll be able to sit back and say, yeah, we went through a tough time. Ask any married couple that's been together a long time. Yeah, it wasn't easy. We went through some stuff, but we got through it together and, and we actually grew closer. So those are the two things. I Take the that. D word off the table. And that's got to be your wife spiritually divine with God right now. It's just a matter of signing that paper as soon as you know that. This is my wife. So that's, those are the two things I, I um, recommend. And those are the things I talk to them uh, in counseling, among other things. Mm. I constantly have wedding vows in my head. You know, when they say for better and for worst. And don't nobody want the worst? They don't. I, 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 I just, I, I, I take this stuff seriously. Like yeah. you're vowing those words, sick and health. Like, and people just say it and don't really think about what they're saying. Exactly. You're vowing at these times of this entire journey of marriage, you, you're going to be there. So I, it just, it breaks my heart when people don't commit to those vows. But it's, it's the But the vows have to be in your heart yeah. before it comes out your mouth. Yeah. Because I've seen too many people that says I do. People get married for financial reasons. Mm-hmm. People get married because um, these homegirls are pregnant. People get married because I don't want to be by myself. People get married because he or she got money. There's a lot of different reasons that you stand up there and say, I do. And then the next thing is, I don't, because that's not what's going to hold you together. What's mm-hmm. going to hold you together is that psychological and that spiritual connection yeah. that, hey, I have connected with this person. We are how many? One. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't divorce yourself. So you you take that D word, like I said, I don't even say the word with them. Take that off the table, mm-hmm. and then you'll figure out. Not even an option. You, know, <laughs> gonna, you ain't going to, I'm, I'm mad. Yeah, but you ain't going (laughs) (laughs) in my immature state. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's. I think Porsche threatened to uh, stab me. Oh, it's okay. I know how to patch him up. Okay. Oh, he a medic too. (laughs) Position here yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I had him all the utensils. They got a band aid and peroxide and all that. Sight. So for the couple, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'll ask you this last question, then I'll let you off the hook for the evening. 
Okay. Uh, definitely. Thanks for coming by and, and no, I appreciate and you having me here. Shoot you rapid fire right. with the world's deepest questions and concerns. Uh, you've been a champion. You've been given some of the, I think, great and solid answers that I think the world will appreciate mm -hmm. even years from now. Last question. So we talked. We said for the single. Single. We said for the newlyweds. Uh oh. Here we go. The people that's been married ten years. Okay. 18 years. Right. 25, 35. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're hitting a rough place. Rough patch. Mm -hmm. What do you tell them? He took Pretty a deep much, breath before. <laughs> yeah. Um, here, here, here's, here's life. Life is full of changes. Mm -hmm. Physical changes, psychological changes, um, financial changes, you know, you have to have that core faith in one another that you you can make it through anything, even through the changes. And, you know, it's, I, I wasn't a huge fan, but I want to be a huge fan of uh, um, George Bush and Barbara Bush and their relationship. And I watched the, as they talked about their story and they were under the limelight. So anything that you could find, they were gonna find it. Mm. But they were married ever since they were like 17 and they were 90 something, you know. And I'm sure they would tell you that there were tough times. You just take the D word off the table. You're gonna have fights. You're gonna disagree. You're gonna be angry. You're gonna be hurt. That's all part of life. Life happens. But as long, long as you continue to, well, usually when, when you're talking about people who've been together for 20, 25 years and they're getting a divorce, that didn't just happen in, on the 25th yeah. year. That's something that was going along years and yeah. years and years where they weren't communicating, talking to each other, being honest and having empathy with each other. And, and I, my goal is to, okay, here it is. It ain't about me, it's about her. Yes. For her, it's not about her, it's about me. So here's the argument you're gonna have. No, baby, you go and do it. No, 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 you. No, 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 baby, you. That's the kind of argument. Mm -hmm. if, if my focus is to make her happy and her focus is to make me happy, we're gonna be happy. And we're gonna be joyful. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but 18 years, we never really argued and screamed and hollered. If anybody got upset, it was me. You know, that's just me. But but uh, we never, you know, we could have the worst conversation, blah, blah, blah. And then in a minute, we're sitting there, hey, what you want to eat? Well, we can go blah, blah, we, it's, it's done. Yeah. You got to be able to put it out on the table. Yeah. And, you know, you can't just hold stuff in. And that's when you say, out of the clear blue sky. No, it's been there all along. You just never address it. You never sit down and just talked. I'm so I'm so glad you said that because I uh, recently uh, the same thing Creffle Dollar said he was t counseling a couple and he said the same thing and I took that and I'm like I'm I'm keeping that in my yeah. head and he was like as long as he's constantly thinking of you and you're constantly thinking of him y'all are never going to have issues because you're always going to be concerned what does she need or what does he need what. Right. How can I help them? How can I please them? You know, mm -hmm. and they're always on your mind. So you're never thinking of yourself. Yeah. And it's it's like, it's a bond because I always yes. know you got me and I always got you. And when I, he said that, I was like, at first I was like, dang, that's going to be hard. I said, but OK, I, I understand it because yeah. I don't ever have to worry about. Well, he don't care because I know he cares and he right. don't have to worry about. I don't care because I do care. I'm always going to be there for you. You're my first thought. Right. So right. I was like, I yeah. and that, that that's words okay. of wisdom. Yes. Words of wisdom. If it's if it's about you, then it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. But if it's about her and y'all you know, reciprocate those two things, like I said, argument will be no, baby, you, you we did yeah. it your way last time, my way last time. We can do it you. And you yeah. and you or, just don't, or I understand you don't what you that. mean, baby. I get it. Okay. I can see but it. But you the have way to you communicate. You yes. have to be honest yeah. with each other. And sometimes honesty is can be um, tough, mm. but you have to just lay it out there and say, I, "This is how I feel. This is how you're making me feel." Mm. 
I ate the chips that got a roll. You ate the chips. You got to be able to admit it, brother. (laughs) Yes, and he was not not thinking of me. He ate those chips. He ate those chips. Who was he thinking about? His stomach. Thank you. See? See? But you put me first and you wanted me to have them. Oh. I put you first when I bought you two onion hot lays of chips. This is called getting an understanding. (laughs) So he keep bringing up them chips. That's what we're going to talk about. This afterwards, it's like, <laughs> we ain't gonna waste your time, but I promise. Well, thank you for tuning, <laughs> tuning in to Word Today. Uh, hopefully, you got something out of it. Uh, hopefully, this just chipped off a little, little bit of the uh, yeah, cloudiness around certain you topics. Thank you, God. <laughs> I want to thank Pastor Emerson Allen once again for coming out and just My dropping pleasure. all of yes, these yes. amazing nuggets. You know, well, decades and decades of ministry experience yeah. and life experience. And life experience, uh, amen. Prayer, I can tell there was a lot of oh, prayer yeah. and, and yeah. anointing behind those words. So thank you for coming out. Um, and of course, I am Levi Johnny Griffin, and this is... Porsche Franklin. And uh, this has been Word Today Senior Pastor Series. Word tune in. from our leaders, right? Word from our leaders, that's yeah. it. Um, so tune in next week. Hopefully we'll have... Uh, an, another amazing guest. I don't know if they're going to be as amazing as Pastor Emerson Allen. Oh, wow. That's and, brownie points. Yeah. <laughs> give them, before we go, one last time, give them your church information. Tri Ministry Worship Center, and we're worshiping out of Hampton Inn, 6718 IH35, 10 o'clock worship, 9 o'clock Sunday school. All right. Make and sure Bible you. study Wednesday 6. And if they want to get involved in any of your programs. My number is 210-393-3754. Give me a call and we'll talk. Find me on Facebook. Okay. You know, I'm there. He is legitimate, guys. He really has a love for people. Uh, Anyone that you see on Word Today is someone that we have vetted that we believe should be here um, and deserve whatever type of platform um, we can give them in any type of audience that we can give them. So um, as we're growing the show, we want to grow those that we truly believe mm-hmm. um, believe in that are community changers. So, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons we started this word from leaders, a word with our leaders, leaders series, speaking with senior pastors. So anyway, I am Levi Tiny Griffin. This is Porsche Franklin. That's- Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, love, comment. Amen. We love your comments. We do Y'all love are family. comments. Alan. We <laughs> uh, do yeah, absolutely love your comments. All right, guys, we'll talk to you guys later. See you in the next one. Peace.